Just when you thought Northwestern's Pat Fitzgerald crisis couldn't get any worse, Northwestern made it worse. Stone Labanowitz hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken Levick Alive. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. You want to go do karate in the garage? Yep. Turn it up. Turn it up! Now, live from the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's Ken Levicka Live on ESPN 1063. You know, as I get older, I like to think that I'm able to absorb knowledge and apply it. Life experiences, reading, viewing, making your cerebral cortex not only consume, but then apply. And then I look at high-paid people, intellectuals, who are in charge of some of our finer collegiate institutions in the United States of America And I wonder to myself, am I smarter than these people? And I had one of those moments yesterday because the fine folks at one of the most prestigious universities in America, Northwestern University in beautiful Evanston, Illinois, been there plenty, great area, gorgeous campus right on the lake. Based on how they handled the Pat Fitzgerald situation, I can make an honest case that I may be smarter than them. And if not smarter, have more common sense than them. And if not common sense, give a damn more than them. In almost every respect. Northwestern is run by idiots. Northwestern is legitimately run by blithering dumbasses. Yesterday, Theo, we sat here, and I, by the way, I'm very proud of the fact That while ESPN National Radio yesterday was prattling on about the top five quarterbacks in the NFL (laughs) and the top five fan bases in sports, while they were uh, just, just absolutely mush-mouthing their way to easy content on a slow day, we had, and this is God's honest truth, we had the foresight that maybe just maybe that Northwestern Pat Fitzgerald story was about to pop off. Mm. And boy, did it ever. I didn't think it would go like that. We got off the air at 2 o'clock Eastern time yesterday after what I thought was a pretty solid show. We talked about something that I don't think anybody in South Florida was discussing, and that was Pat Fitzgerald and Northwestern unconventional. Was it the right path to take? I don't know. But was it an interesting conversation? Sure. Well, it took about three hours after the conclusion of the show for Northwestern to go from suspending Pat Fitzgerald, their head football coach since 2006, suspend him for two weeks in the summer. The slowest part of the year is just sort of a wrist slap for a, for hazing, a multi-million dollar investigation. They hired out a whole entire law firm to execute. The findings from that, hey, Pat, take the next two weeks off. It went from that to uh, Pat Fitzgerald under contract through 2030. You're fired. Mm. Uh, Talk about two complete polar Mm. opposites. Mm. So yesterday, 
I sat here and I said that, man, this could eventually be bad for Pat Fitzgerald. This could eventually lead to his ouster because typically, and boy, it's a tale as old as time, Theo, especially in the sports realm, especially in the college ranks, when you have people in charge of the well-being of young people. Oh, this happened. I didn't know about it. And then further questioning, further investigation, paper trail. Oh, yeah, I did know about this. These people tend to get caught in lies. And then you can't do anything but fire at that point because that person lied. It's easy. That's how so many of these instances go. But Northwestern, instead of... Once the backlash came over the pointless two-week suspension, the president of the university, Michael Schill, looked at his email inbox, I'm sure, yesterday and was like, oh, my God, uh, there's, there's 1,500 emails. People are mad at me uh, saying I didn't do enough with this punishment. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Do I go talk to Pat Fitzgerald? Do I actually seek out individuals that claim they were victims at the hand of Pat Fitzgerald? Uh, do I talk with former assistant coaches? What do I do? What do we do? I, uh, why don't we just fire him? Like that, that is literally what took place yesterday. It's one of the most incompetent things in the NCAA and college athletics as a whole is just widely incompetent. It's one of the most incompetent things that I've ever seen. So I thought for sure this could be the end of Pat Fitzgerald because, you know, an institution like Northwestern, surely they'd go and do further due diligence. And the president, someone dedicated to, to intellectualism, who's risen to the ranks of the president of Northwestern, surely he would have the sense to do his due diligence and say, you know what, I may have been wrong on this, and I'll take another three weeks or so, and we'll really get to the bottom of this. And then, you know what, maybe we revise a punishment. But no, he just fired him. Just fired him. Just fired him without talking with anybody additionally. It's reported that Michael Schill's on vacation currently, too. All of this was done while on vacation. And then Michael Schill not only fired Pat Fitzgerald, but had the gall to talk to the team via Zoom. <laughs> like, did you get that invite link? Yep. Yep. Couldn't, couldn't come back. Couldn't come back from family vacay. Got to get it in before the start of the school year, right? Can you mute your mics, please? I got an announcement to make. Yeah, right, right. Hey guys, I'm hearing some feedback. Yeah. Could you uh, could you mute that, please, please? And turn your cameras on, please, yeah. okay? Um, he, he, he talked to the team via Zoom, didn't take any questions, got in, got out, done. I mean, that is just the stupidest. Adam Rittenberg, who covers the Big Ten and college football for ESPN, he was asked the simple question on SportsCenter last night, where does Northwestern go from here? 26 years of equity in the program that now gets turned over to who's going to mind the store? Well, they have not yet named an interim coach. However, David Braun, who's the new defensive coordinator who was not with the the Northwestern program before this year, will act as a liaison and manage the program and is likely in line to be uh, an interim head coach uh, in in the near future. So they they looked outside of of the the staff uh, or the the long-term staff for someone who came from the outside who who, who really couldn't be connected to any of these uh, incidents in the past, even though the investigation uh, didn't find evidence that, that, that the coaches knew of what was going on. I mean, the whole thing is just clunky. That is the best word I can use to describe this. 
it's just so clunky because what's going to happen now, Theo, is that Pat Fitzgerald is going to, and he's already announced, he has retained lawyers. He is going to file a lawsuit for $42 million. That's what he's still owed on that contract to Northwestern. And guess what? Because this Michael Schill guy is so in over his head dealing with this from second one, he's been over in over his head. And then once blowback came, he just completely wilted and uh, fire him. He is going to cost the institution $42 million. Trying to cover his own ass. I mean, what an absolute fool. So it went from Michael Schill, the president of Northwestern, I believe, trying to cover up some of the findings of this investigation. Say, hey, guys, don't worry about it. Don't worry. Don't worry. Yeah, there's some ugly stuff in here, but uh, hey, here's the punishment. Hey, uh, uh, two weeks, you probably take off already. Uh, Pat Fitzgerald, go ahead and take him off. Mm. Uh, I punished him. Everything's fine. Let's just get ready for fall camp. Nothing to see here. He went from what I believe to be cover-up mode to full panic firing mode. Yeah. I mean, just not – that guy is not cut out for this. Here's the, the biggest problem I have with not just the swiftness of the decision-making on the back end firing Pat, but also what he tried to do beforehand is it's, it's admitting one of two things. It's either admitting that the multi-million dollar investigation, internal investigation that you hired couldn't uncover as much as a couple student uh-huh. journalists could. Maybe it was – yeah, maybe they paid a lot of money for not a lot of effort from this so, law firm. So that would be incompetence on your end then uh-huh. as sure. the president of, sure. a, of an institution. That's on you. If you can't hire a law firm that can uncover more things than a few student journalists can, yeah. not to belittle their work, but just to say I would assume that people that get highly paid for this will be able to sift it out. Or it's admitting that you knew Pat Fitzgerald was at least having some involvement in this hazing scandal. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And you tried to sweep it under the rug. So right. either way, you're in the wrong. And him acting so swiftly is almost like catching him red-handed. Like, right. you screwed up right. huge. Right. This whole thing, just monumentally clunky. It's embarrassing. Like I grew up in the Chicago area. And Northwestern, once they came to prominence in football, they conveyed themselves as the shining beacon. And one of the fastest-growing athletic departments in the entire United States of America. Several weeks ago, or several years ago, I should say, they adopted the motto, Chicago's Big Ten team, because they were making massive inroads, had traction against mighty University of Illinois, three hours south of Chicago in Champaign, a significantly bigger school. It turns out, boy, does this place have some wayward, um, unnecessary, hubris-ridden dopes Mm. in charge. Pat Fitzgerald being fired by Northwestern yesterday, it may have eventually happened. I have a feeling it probably still would have because people like Pat Fitzgerald get caught in lies, especially when they preach accountability. Hey, you're in charge of something. That's accountability. When it's going bad, that's on me. I'm sure he had plenty of press conferences. Hey, I didn't get this team ready to play in this game. That's on me. It's probably more on the assistant coaches, more on the guys directly putting on the game plan, but because it's easy to go to a press conference to say, that's on me, that's on me, of course he's taken on, hey, I'm accountable. I'm Pat Fitzgerald. I'm the beacon of accountability. He used that word an awful lot. Stone, you said it yesterday. That was his thing, accountability. But as soon as hazing comes into play, I didn't know nothing. Yeah, I didn't know nothing. It's a lot harder to take accountability when you have potential legal issues yeah. or things that could threaten your your job standing, right? But threaten your freedom. You're, if right. Some of this stuff is true. Right. And he was part of it. So, but, but this university president going from ah, a two week wrist slap to fired in a matter of hours. I mean, that is just it's lazy, it's offensive, and he thinks we're dumb. 
Uh, that guy legitimately thinks we're dumb. And then the disrespect to, to address the team on Zoom and not take any questions, get in while he's on vacation, then get out so we uh, he can go back to the lake. Like That's just, it's, it's just jaw-dropping incompetence. Pat Fitzgerald being fired by Northwestern was what? I say clunky, abhorrent, just dumb. But we'll get to Pat Fitzgerald in a second because I am by no means clearing this dude because we've seen some of the the most boneheaded takes trying to defend this guy since the firing happened yesterday. Pat Fitzgerald being fired by Northwestern is what? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. That's 888-760-3776. And tweeted us at KLV1063. Pat Fitzgerald being fired by Northwestern is what? And I understand this is Northwestern, right? There are very few down here in Palm Beach County and the Treasure Coast that give a single solitary bleep about Northwestern football, right? Or probably even Pat Fitzgerald. But I think this speaks to an overall football culture, and I think it speaks to how universities are run and how college athletics are run. And there are instances where we find out that those in charge of young people, that's, if you're an athletic director, you're a university president, at your core, your priority is the well-being of students and student-athletes. Should be. Should be. Yeah. But it is clear at Northwestern that there are people that are in it for them, that are in it for themselves. Perhaps Pat Fitzgerald falls into that. Sure. Michael Schill, I think he falls into that. Greg, the athletic director up there at Northwestern, don't, don't worry. He left his vacation early. He's back in the office today, according to Whoa. reports. Yeah, Whoa. He was on the Zoom call yesterday, but he's back in the office today. Really feels like dereliction of duty there, right? Like, sort of feels like it at a multitude of levels, especially if there was sexual abuse, racism as being alleged, uncovered by the student newspaper. And we'll go through some of the, some of the, the instances um, of of what's being alleged with Pat Fitzgerald's program. We'll actually mention it in detail. By the way, Stone, you look beautiful today. Um, but Theo, to you, to you, Pat Fitzgerald being fired by Northwestern is is what? It's alarming. It's alarming not, I mean, I like to look at things um, as to how it pertains to the rest of the world. How does it affect other places, other cultures, other schools? And if what Stone Labanowitz, who we take, what he says very seriously here. He was a Division One college quarterback. He's played in many different locker rooms. If what he's saying is true, that the things that were happening at Northwestern Happen are commonplace. He said every team, at every, every league. Yeah, every Division One, Division Two, in an IA, Division Three. Like, if it's happening everywhere, then this is alarming. I mean, forget yeah. Northwestern. This is alarming to every single campus in America. And I think what college Theo's, coaches are a little nervous right now. Right. And what Theo is For saying, sure. it, what Theo is saying, um, what what Stone was talking about yesterday, what happens at every school, every division, the naked stuff. Yeah. And in Northwestern's case, what's alleged via and and Michael Seal, the president, said I talked with 11, 11 current and former players. Mm that say there were issues with hazing and or 
uh, racism or sexual assault, potential sexual assault situations within the program going all the way back to the late 2000s. Okay, so this doesn't was this just wasn't this past year. This goes back to the late 2000s. Uh, and and the the student newspaper, uh, the Daily Northwestern, uh, they have talked with several former players who allege um, misgivings within the program, very similar to the allegations made by the single whistleblower who has taken an awful lot of abuse on social media today. A lot of victim shaming going on. But the 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 big sticking point for me is the the naked stuff and some of this stuff that was done in a forcible manner without consent. Yeah. Men, nakedness, touching, rubbing, humping, all of that stuff. And that's Dark the only, locker rooms. The only part that's the problematic part of it is the no consent part. All of that other stuff, if that's what y'all are into, go ahead, have at it. Y'all game. If you're going to go to college, yeah. If you're going to join a college football program and you're cool, like, hey, I know as a freshman that I'm going to get uh, get a sack to the forehead. Yeah. Like, fine. Hey, that's you, fine. You've, you've decided, hey, that's something that I'm okay with. But it's the people, like, was detailed in the Daily Northwestern with naked center quarterback exchanges where someone was extremely uncomfortable and Northwestern upperclassmen said, oh, you do this, you're going through our hazing ritual. Yeah. That that is criminal. That yeah. is criminal by definition. Handcuffs, jail time. That literally is because you can't do that anywhere outside right. of a foot lo- football locker room and then somehow kind of get away with it. So right. that's the thing is my biggest thing is bigger picture here. Yes, this is damning for the Northwestern football program. Yes, Pat Fitzgerald and, and the Northwestern brass now have a legal battle on their hands over the $42 million. All of that stuff, though, is small potatoes in comparison to what college football coaches are going to have to now start preaching all across the country if this is going to be starting, you know, taken seriously, and which I think it would have to be if a guy loses his job. Stone, do you buy just you, your college football experience? I always defer to questions about interior locker room situations because you are the one person on the show who has lived it and lived it for a large portion of your life. Do you buy? That Pat Fitzgerald, with allegations going back to the late 2000s, had no idea, as Michael Schill, the president of Northwestern, he claims, and Pat Fitzgerald claims, uh, findings that we have not seen publicly in this investigation. Do you buy that Pat Fitzgerald had no clue, had no clue about the hazing and even some of the elements of the details of the hazing that was going on within his football program? Now, I don't know how to just simply put this. Pat obviously knew. Like, I, I know we, we're supposed to throw around the word allegedly in situations like this, and oftentimes I get reckless when talking about things where... Just throw in allegedly just to, to be just to be safe here. But I don't even want to because Pat Fitzgerald obviously knew these things were going on. Like, 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 there's a 100% chance that he knew these things were going on. Like, I just don't know how he can sit there in a press conference and say, hey, that's on me, that's on me, that's on me, that's on me. And then as soon as there's allegations of hazing for over a decade, I didn't know. I have no idea. How do you not understand him doing that? You know why he's doing oh, it. He's sure. his I, ass. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, come on. Which like, means he's a massive, he's a massive he's a hypocrite. Liar. Everybody's a hypocrite and a liar when it comes to, oh my goodness. Oh, I might be in trouble. Yeah. Uh-oh. I, I guess if I if I had to give evidence to why I say there's a 100% chance that Pat Fitzgerald is well aware of what's going on is, think about it. If you're a head coach for a football team, some of these kids that you recruit, right, you've gone through COVID with them, you have fifth and sixth year senior guys. Like, you are tight. You know these kids 
mothers, these kids' fathers. Like, you have a relationship. I'll just go firsthand experience. I'm telling my head coach this kind of stuff, not in a I need a rat and kind of report what we're doing down there, but in a funny way. Mind you, these guys were all in locker rooms as well. I talked about coaches coming in and partaking in some yeah. of the stuff. Like, obviously, these things are being passed on. Coaches are given ideas of what you could do. And I know this is like, wow, to a lot of people. But at the same time, like, it's very, very normal stuff. Pat Fitzgerald 100% knew this was going on. There are also reports that during practice, he's given what they call the quote-unquote Shrek's clap, mm-hmm. where it's kind of that signal. Hey, that on the freshman list. screwed up, put him on the list. He's going to be doing uh, naked bear crawls. Yeah, so so he was well aware of what was going on. For me, it's sad, though. It's sad, and I, of course we're not going to see eye-to-eye on this, right? I'm 24 years old. You're 38 years old. I'm fresh out of a locker room. I understand what goes on and, and, and kind of the, the code you have to follow by, whether it's, whether it's gross, whether it's wrong, whether it's right, all those things. It's sad. He's, these guys lost their coach. And, and I think from an X's and O's standpoint and, and for a guy that they've known as a, a father figure for X amount of years in, in their young life, that for, for that reason, it's sad. And I think what really gets me, and again, you guys are going to have a problem with this one, but I think as somebody who played quarterback and was the captain of a football team at that level, this only happens because, again, this is me reckless, recklessly speculating, but these are the backup players and these are the players that are transferring around transferring out who have vendettas against, whether it's Pat Fitzgerald and some of these other coaches on the staff. That's what was reported as, as why these got out. That's what's unfortunate. But vendettas or not, let me ask you, and that's I, I totally get that. They have a, a chip on their shoulder, and they want to retaliate. They want to burn the place to the ground. So, so I've seen a number of people on social media tweeting, oh, this is just a kid who had it out for Pat Fitzgerald. Purely vengeful. Uh, uh, there was someone from Barstool, uh, Barstool Dave. He works with the Chicago branch of Barstool saying, oh, I talked with a kid and he was laughing about it, laughing about how he was going to take down Pat Fitzgerald. Even if there's a vendetta, even if there's a target, for Pat Fitzgerald. These people feel so much malice towards him that they're trying to purposely take him down. Canceling, as some of you would like to say. If it's true. Yeah, that's the problem. If it's true, then what's, what's the issue? If it's true, then why should we ignore it even if there's a vendetta involved? Yeah, and that, that's the question that has to be answered, but also... Beyond that, that's why I said it's alarming for all these other coaches. I mean, Patrick Fitzgerald is not the only coach that has players that has vendettas about him. Mm-hmm. And if this is true, Name a coach. Again, if this is commonplace across the country, every coach, Kirby Smart, I know players specifically that have vendettas against Nick Saban. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, for sure. Yeah, like think about that. Like all of these coaches could go down then if that's true. So Jimbo, Dabo, everybody. All Ryan of these Day. dudes, like the big names, the small names, D2 and AIA, all of these names could get taken down because there's always going to be backups or whatever. So I don't know. You tell us. It, it, it's, it? it's a really good point. I do have some examples as far as how scary it's getting currently a day after his firing. And I, I think you, you talk about kids now having the access to – expose all of these players. Think about what Jimbo said about Nick Saban, what, a year ago? Mm-hmm. I know you have skeletons in your closet. Right, right, right. That's a head coach to another head coach. Yeah. Players, I, I think, have a lot more skeletons in their closet, right? They know their personal life. You Hell spend yeah. time in these coaches' houses. You know what goes on on a day-to-day basis. So for that, it's really, really scary. And, and some of the things that are being taken into place, I spoke to some kids uh, all around the country at different teams, like, hey, what's going on? What do you, what, what have been some of the things that your coaches are implementing in your locker rooms or, you know, what is the message that he's given you guys, whether it's through a team's message with a lot of, a lot of these coaches are on vacation right now. It's this weird time. You get a week or two. It's a grace period. So they're sending messages through some of the social platforms. Which again, like just, you mentioned that so many coaches 
We're at college football on vacation right now, so I want to go back real quick and just lay out. Northwestern's president would have never been in this situation right now (laughs) if it wasn't for the absolute empty-headed decision to say, hey, Pat Fitzgerald, I don't want to rock the boat. This guy owns the university, so uh, I'll just sort of fake punish him to show that, hey, we got the findings, and so, hey, we did something, and you suspended him for the two lightest weeks so of the weird. college football year. None of this plays out the way it does. If this guy actually takes the findings, says, hey, you need to miss the first two games of the season, or you're going to miss the first three weeks of camp, something that had any substance, and I'd be willing to bet we don't even get to this point. I, I, think, I promise you we don't. Uh, it, it's a really underrated so point. So sorry for cutting you off, but I felt that was important. No, I mean, it's very important. It's very topical. And I think if for people who aren't aware of what's going on in college football at this exact time, right? So some of these coaches are, are getting their last weeks in before they're taken seven days out of the week, 24 hours out of the day spent towards the football season. Right now, you have players policing themselves. It, it's almost OTA lifts. And your strength and conditioning coach is the one who's not on vacation. Right. He's the only one that can have legal contact with you right now, right? Right. So these players are in different groups showing up at 5, 6 in the morning, getting their lifts in, 8 a.m., 10 a.m., going in, getting study hall and all these things, preparing for their classes. And this for some of the kids that I've spoken to, like what's going on, after their lifts and after their, their workouts and study hall, the strength and conditioning coach is hanging out in the locker room. Like, it is this weird. Mm-hmm. And these kids are very tight with the strength and conditioning coach. Sure, I right, think that's right. the one coach he's always, the most. He's always the pro. For anybody who doesn't understand the inner workings of college football, the strength and conditioning coach, I think this goes for most sports, by the way, uh, where you have at least an individual strength and conditioning coach with a program. That is the player's conduit a lot of times to the coaching staff. Absolutely. So, so for the two kids that I spoke to at different schools, they said the strength and conditioning coach is hanging out in their locker room uh-huh. after every lift, after every session they have, morning, afternoon, whatever it Making is. Making sure just, packages are staying in pants. Absolutely. And just get, get in and get out. Like, we don't want any of this. We don't know who's snooping around the facility, who wants to snipe you guys, like, the, like your student journalists. Like, things are you know weird right I'll now. Say? You know yeah. what I'll say? Good. I'm going to put this, because I've been around coaches for a long time. Some great. Some Unbelievable human beings, maybe not the greatest coaches. Some just terrible coaches, great human beings. Some bad coaches and bad human beings. But I know they all have their vernacular. They all use the same words, okay? So I'm going to put this in terms that coaches can understand, whether you're a high school football coach right now, assistant or head coach, or a college football coach right now. I'm going to put this in coaching terms for you, okay? If you're a coach and you can't have a, quote, culture, in the, quote, family that has, quote, players policing players and holding each other, quote, accountable without the naked stuff, might be time for a new path for you. Okay? Did I get in all the coach buzzwords there so they could understand me, they could follow me there? If you're going to sit there and coaches love to put these buzzwords up in their locker rooms and love to put it out on social media and love to talk about it to their team and to the media, but then... When it comes time to to actually put it into practice in the locker room, I didn't know. <laughs> it drives me absolutely insane. It should not be like this, Theo, where, because this is an institutional, especially football problem. The hazing, the nakedness, the assault, the rape. I mean, Pat Fitzgerald is alleged to have told assistant coaches and players, black assistant coaches and players, who had dreads, who had braids, hey, cut those off. This is Northwestern, the Wildcat way. We tighten up. Good old American fun. They have that plastered all over 
their football facility. Good old American fun. Hey, black assistant coach, chop that hair off, please. Not good enough. Mm. Hey, player, uh, black player, stop walking like that. You're not in the hood anymore. All those things, I'm not making up. That, that, that's in the Daily Northwestern report. Like, that's the kind of stuff. I mean, Pat Fitzgerald, that's coming from the top. That's disturbing in and of itself. How many and how many people have to have it out for you for that kind of stuff to get out versus also it just being a thing that you did and people are talking about it? It's a really, really good question. Mm -hmm. It's a thin line, too, because there could be people that just put up with it and then they're like, you know what? Now that I have a guy that has a vendetta, he started talking like it it starts this roller coaster, this this avalanche of things. Bingo, because where the question almost seems unanswerable is, for the kid wearing dreads who needed some structure in his life, let's say he grew up in a way where right, all of these things, he takes that advice from Pat Fitzgerald. He goes on to live right. a very successful straight line life, and he thanks Pat for it. Yeah. And then you have the other one who's not willing to agree with the things that he's but being let's preached. let's be clear. And yeah, cutting, the your dreads but like, you cutting your dreads is not setting you on the straight and narrow. That was just the example I know, that I, I used yeah, that yeah, you were yeah, yeah, but, 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 but It could have been one of ten things Pat told exactly, him and he appreciated right, all right. ten. And, but, and so he considers yeah. him a father figure and yeah. he's like, hey, I did this and this is what worked for me. No, I totally I totally understand If I want a job and that, maybe I shouldn't. Right. Like These things but, actually come to fruition from a coach and that's where that culture is actually built. But the vendetta is where I think things become Blurry. And it's also the vernacular, like, you know, you ain't in the hood no more, don't walk like yeah, that. Like, come like, on. It's, it's a little, some of, of the course. things you can... It's microaggressions. It's, That's yeah. what it is. And I know there's a lot of people out there that don't want to hear me say stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, there's that libtard Levicka talking about microaggressions. <laughs> um, but... But that, like that's a that's an actual real thing, and so I'll put it this way because I've been around college athletics for an awful long time, and it turns into a cult of personality. When you are someone like Pat Fitzgerald, who has been there as a player, one of the most beloved players in the history of that university, into a head coach, he's been a, a, a lifer. He was an assistant under Randy Walker, then Randy Walker tragically passed away, and that is when Pat Fitzgerald took over the reins of that football program. He runs that school. He is untouchable. He is the institution within the institution. So if you think that a multitude of players were going to come surging forth to to call out what they felt were instances of of misdeeds and uncomfortable potentially illegal uh, experiences within the program, you're you're wrong. He had a stranglehold on that university. That's how these schools work. If the football program's rolling and you have a long-term head coach, you make the rules. Nobody comes at you. You want an example? And this is not as severe. Uh, Northwestern's is not as severe as the, the, uh, the example I'm about to give. But there are still thousands and thousands and thousands of people in State College, Pennsylvania, that want to tell you, Joe Paterno oh, didn't know God. anything. Joe Paterno didn't know anything, despite the fact there are children being molested and allegedly raped in the team showers for years. He didn't know anything. He's good old Joe. Joe didn't know anything. That tells you right there the way people get brainwashed by their college football heroes. Okay? So I'm not saying it's to that extent, but what I'm saying is that this type of situation happens when you have people afraid to speak out because the football coach has become bigger than the school. Power. Right? Theo, you a tale as old as time. It's, 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 a, it's a tough one, and I think it, we're going to start to see the, the house of cards fall more and more as time progresses. Theo, you talked about it's alarming that this is a bigger problem and that this is going on in all leagues, all sports. You had mentioned alarming. I think what's most alarming to me, again, this isn't going to be 
you know, taken well by a lot of people. What's alarming to me is that nobody's untouchable anymore. And you talked 100%. about how that's a good thing. For me, it, it I, I can't. I, I, I'm not happy about but it. Should, it be, should everybody be on a different playing field? Like, what are you? What, what are we trying to do here? <sighs> it's tough for me, and I keep harping on the fact that the ones who who brought this up were the kids who who weren't fond of Pat, and they kind of ruined it for everybody. Yeah. Like, hey, guys, the fun's over. For these kids, it was fun. So for me, what's alarming is the fact that nobody's untouchable anymore. Nobody's safe. We can go right to the student paper, and we'll blow this <laughs> whole damn it. thing up. There's nothing you can do anymore. But Stone, be, let's, let's at least have some level of like, like, okay, realistically, it can't just be all about a vendetta against Pat because there's been – Pat can't be the worst coach in the in the country with the biggest vendetta out against him. Like there has to be other coaches who have done even worse things to athletes. Who, if they wanted to get them back, they can get them back with this stuff now. Maybe they didn't even know they can get their coach in trouble right with on. these kind of things. Maybe that's what it is. I, I think that's what I'm trying and, to touch and on. And that's why. And if you're if you legitly feel that way, that's why my word is alarming for Pat Fitzgerald being fired by Northwestern is alarming because that means similar to this whole NFL gambling thing. We're having all these rollouts of players getting caught gambling or whatever, quote unquote, in the locker room. I think this is just the tip of the iceberg. Then it is. Yeah. But but again, if we're if we are if 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 we're into discipline and holding people accountable, aren't there other ways than having your veteran <laughs> players yeah. haze the younger players? Like Stone, you say, ah, oh, nobody's untouchable anymore. Well, change your damn ways of disciplining. In my home, I'm not going to have my seven-year-old, hey, Addie, Leah's acting up. Go do some naked stuff. Like, that's not how it works. And I keep hearing about, hey, you come and play for me? These are my sons. This is my family. These are my sons. Well, damn it, you sat on the couch in the living room. Act like it. Because yeah, that's nonsense. Ah, oh, I'm a father figure. These are my sons. No, no, sons don't let other sons smack their package against the side of their face. That's bull bleep. Bull bleep to you, though. Because no, this I, game this is like this. You're culture, talking this about meatball stupidity. But here's the thing. You're not going to get a football player to agree with you anywhere. I don't care. It, because it, that's meatball football behavior that they've been brainwashed with. Then, and then they're going to sit there and tell me that's how it goes. It's not normal. A football player will then say, I don't give a damn and stay your ass at arm's length from me because I don't care what you think. This is our culture. This is what we do. This is a barbaric sport that we play. We do things our way. This is our culture. We play by our own set of rules. I don't care what anybody else outside of the locker room thinks. You don't live this life. If you're a coach, so these kids broke the code, essentially. They good, broke the code. Good, and I say bravo to them. If you're a coach or a player and you think that this naked stuff, this hazing is the way to go about it, then this sport is unequivocally diseased and needs a full cleansing because that's absolute bull bleep. Pat Fitzgerald being fired by Northwestern is what? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. We take your calls and your social media when we come back. Also, the ringer still crying about oh. Damian Lillard and the Heat. He is Theodore CWP TV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. When it comes to Northwestern, just know, I thought that Pat Fitzgerald might have been on the road to being fired, but this could have been wholly avoided 
with this dopey president, Michael Schill at Northwestern, actually giving out a punishment of substance as opposed to a... Oh, I got I got to get on vacation. Uh, it's vacation time. Uh, all right, fine. Two weeks right now. Serve it right now. Like that That is what... I mean, Stone, while we fundamentally disagree on some of these things, that is what perked everybody's ears up, right? About this whole... Hey, I didn't even know much about the hazing investigation until I saw Pat Fitzgerald suspended two weeks after hazing investigation. And I thought, oh, he's going to miss the two, first two weeks of the season like Northwestern. They sent a message. No, two weeks in the middle of July. And that's what perked everybody's ears up. And that's how this blew up into what it's become. Bingo. And, and I think when we share the passion as, as far as Michael Schill not taking the, that, that quick and that harsh action like he should have, I think in the past it's been something like this is going to get swept under the rug. Right. So for Shill, right. he thought... Especially with Pat Fitzgerald. Thought, that people yeah. were going to say, it's Pat Fitzgerald. Right. This man has a pristine reputation. Like, we're just going to move on. Exactly. And when they suspended him for two weeks, they thought everyone's going to say, oh, football culture, this is just what happens, and nothing was going to come from it. Well, this is a new age of social media. This is a new mm-hmm. age of where now student journalists can take power into their hands. So now things become a little more fishy. Well, and I think the only reason, though, that the Medill School, these journalists, uh, these student journalists at Northwestern, started really sniffing around was because of the light punishment. Because the light punishment is then when the whistleblower said, wait a minute, that for what I went through, for what they went through, that's where it became, no, 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 no. We have more work to do on this. That's where the quote-unquote vendetta came from. I would say, You're right in that, but then there's, a, there's another thin line. There's another thin line that you have to try to balance what side of it are you on because if you punish him too harshly, then the national media perks up and is like, yo, how bad was this? And they start investigating alongside with the student you know, newspaper or any whistleblower. I think, though, that that's, that is a better proposition because it gives, it gives Pat Fitzgerald time then to come out and say, uh, as a program of accountability... These hazing allegations were very disturbing to me, and these happened under my watch. I am determined to change the culture in the locker room. The, this is a university in fine standing. This is a program I'm extremely proud of. This is how we are going to proceed moving forward, and I am going to adjust my ways in which we handle the Northwestern football family. Something along those lines. And I think even though there's some heat you probably, because there's a one or two game suspension and he's addressed it and you've given him time to come up with an actual statement that makes sense other than throwing together stupidity, which is all we've seen from Northwestern, we probably don't even get to this point. But that would be assuming that Pat Fitzgerald and the Northwestern brass and all of them thought that this was big enough to be this bad of a problem. But I think in Stone's case, he hears you say what you wanted Pat Fitzgerald to say and Pat doesn't believe any of that. Like, Pat thinks this is I'm just not, football. But listen, I'm not I'm not ignorant. I understand that yeah. a lot of this is lip service. Right, but all I'm right. saying is that from a pure like us talking about this and having two good days of conversation in West Palm Beach about Northwestern and Pat Fitzgerald and him losing his job, I think you at least take a different fork in the road and everybody feels a lot less hostile and passionate about this if you show any sort of competence as the president of Northwestern University. I, I couldn't agree more. I think it's one of those weird spots. I, again, I think where things get scary, if you stand on the side of this is a problem, what you really should take a problem with is the ESPN article 
that was written a couple of days ago. On Wednesday. Ago, where there was zero details It could have written, been written by AI. It, there was no it, details in there. There was no names dropping. Sure. It was just kind of the sweep under the rug from mm-hmm. the worldwide leader. In, well, it was like a seven-inch story. I'll pump the brakes. So don't you think that story wasn't necessarily an ESPN written story versus what it was given Propaganda? to them by Northwestern? It's, again, Northwestern gave sure. them that press release probably, hey, yeah. we're, we're suspending well, Pat Fitzgerald. And that's why I'm calling it a problem because if that's the stuff that gets published and then we read and then think, okay, this situation is not that big of a deal, next. Yeah. That's because of what they were given, well, the propaganda that was pushed. That's what's scary to me. We're talking about all this right now. This is also going to force Northwestern's hand into releasing that report. Ooh, like, that's going to come public. It's going to have to come public. That is going to be the most damning piece of right. evidence if anything, because that's going to that's going to implicate the president now or whoever right. had their hands on. Right. If it's severe yeah. and the president only said two weeks summer vacation for Pat Fitzgerald, that president's out. Over with. He is out. Board of Trustees going to be knocking at right. that door. Exactly. Uh, hey, buddy. Uh, that we lake have, house, uh, that lake have a house door. Yeah. <laughs> and it's going to determine whether or not Pat Fitzgerald ever coaches again. 100%. It's going to determine whether or not Man. Pat Fitzgerald is a head coach uh, again. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care is a team of skilled orthopedic sports medicine surgeons and specialists that specialize in surgical and non-surgical treatments to get you back to what you love. Don't put off seeing a doctor. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho today for more information. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians, leading-edge treatments, and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle joint replacement, spine, and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offered Office is conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash ortho. Pat Fitzgerald being fired by Northwestern is what? I say clunky. I mean, just wildly clunky. And uh, Theo says alarming because don't think that other football coaches, quote unquote, respected football coaches, aren't paying attention to what just happened to uh, Pat up there in Evanston. Uh, who do we got here, Stone? We got Bobby and Boca. Bobby and Boca on Ken Levicka Live. Hey, Bobby. What's up, Ken? How you doing, man? Good, man. You know, bro, I hate to say that I agree with you on some points because you get you get so aggressive with your thoughts that it sometimes pushes me over the ledge a little bit. But <laughs> I was in a high school locker room, I was in a college locker room, and I've been in an NFL locker room. So I've been on there on all three platforms. Yep. Um, I've seen different things happen in the, in the locker room that sometimes you agree with them, sometimes you don't. I do have an experience, though, that I have. Like, it started with high school in that we had a high school coach that was the, the talent that was off-the-roof talent, uh-huh. out-of-this-world talent, never went better than 5-5. Five and five. He was a military, military-driven style crew-cut high school coach. <laughs> he looked the part. Water. He, he looked the part. He wouldn't even – the punishment back then was you don't get water if you don't do the job uh-huh. right. You know? uh-huh. It was fucking crazy. But anyhow, that being said, what, did he do it? Oh, man. All right. We, uh, we apologize hey. for that. All right. So. Yep. That was, that was Stone throwing himself in front of a train. Now, uh, let's, uh, let's see here. Uh, so, so, so up to that point. Up to that point. Okay. Uh, yeah. Like, we're all there. We're all there. And we're all, uh, we understand uh, that everybody's, uh, a lot of you have been in a high school locker yes, room, yes, college locker yes. room. I don't know how professional locker rooms work, but, but keep in mind that we went to an NFL, we went to an NFL locker room, the Dolphins locker room, and had a bullying scandal of our own. So it's not like this is a foreign oh, yeah. thing. This is not yeah. like the first time that this has come up. And there's still a lot of people that say Jonathan Morton was a P word. Jonathan Morton was a P word. Just take it. You're a grown man. But 
there are sensibilities to this yeah. thing. And 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 just because most people can deal with it doesn't mean that the few that can't. Um, I mean, again, like Stone said, they can just leave the locker room, leave the team, or whatever. But they shouldn't be. It's it sucks for them because then they're now chastised and they're they're blocked from what their dreams may be. They they didn't think all of that came with football, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like that wasn't something that again you signed up for. But um, again, I just my head keeps trying to spin around. Like I mean, it's going to be at every campus now. They're going to have to have these meetings and these conversations, and just like they have to go through the, uh, you know, when you first come to college, you have to go through the seminars. No gambling, uh, sexual assault, right. big thing, don't do that. Right. And mm-hmm. all that, that's going to have to be another thing that's going to be one of those seminars where maybe these first three, four years players take it seriously. But, again, all these seminars that players go through and sit through in locker rooms and even college students sit through, how many of them are actually working? Because the same problems that are pervasive on college campuses yeah. – Today are the same ones that they've been trying to knock out since like the seventies. This is weird. Fall camp's right around the corner. Don't act like don't act <laughs> oh, like I as know. soon as classes start that it's hey guys show up to the uh, team meeting room at two p.m. These these seminars, these orientations yeah. that are happening as we speak. Yeah, it's just there are there are some places where you think hey, uh, and they get they got their stuff together, right? I always kind of considered Northwestern to to be that place, but then it's not just Pat Fitzgerald and this nonsense from the university president 670 the score in chicago reporting that the baseball coach at northwestern is 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 half that team's in counseling now he showed up to four preseason workouts most practices that he had his back to him 16 guys are transferring out of the program toxic environment uh uh absolutely dressing down coaches verbally at practices and then this is a couple of years after a lawsuit was filed by a former cheerleader because she claimed that the, the, the cheerleading coach said, no, 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 braids and, and uh, beads, we don't do that with this cheerleading program, and filed a lawsuit, and that cheerleading coach was let go. Mm. So it, it seems to me that it's not just a Pat Fitzgerald thing. It's not just a football program thing. This is actually a Northwestern Athletic Department problem. It's an institutional issue. Whether it ranges from sexual assault, allegedly, to racism, maybe not overt, but certainly implied, there's a problem at Northwestern, and it's amazing. You hold some institutions up to a certain standard, and they come woefully short, and it's becoming more and more common. That's the problem, man. It's uh, and the biggest, the biggest thing that's nerve wracking for me is again, like Stone Stone mentioned it earlier too. These guys did lose their coach. They are closing in on fall camp. Like, this is affecting so yeah. many things, man. But at least the president told him over Zoom. <laughs> I mean, come on. And, and now these Northwestern football players are taking to Twitter, calling yeah. out Michael Schultz. Yeah. As, as they should. I mean, honestly, as they should. As they should. Do you think the president, did he have, a, like, a virtual backdrop, you think, or did he just use the tropical <laughs> island he was I, I, at? No, <laughs> I, hope it, I hope it was, like, a, uh, a picturesque Montana lake with, like, a boat in the background. Yeah. But it did that thing where it cuts off half his body because it's really poorly superimposed as his background. Like, I, I hope it was that. <laughs> That's the perspective for me. We're making these jokes, and, and, and we need to get to a break, but... For these players, like I mentioned, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth year seniors who have put their blood, oh, sweat, and man. tears are sitting there and now have to go through this, especially a dude telling them over Zuno, dude, who they've probably never seen face to face. They've never shaken their hand. Yeah. This is how it's going down. It's a mess. I feel bad for all the players. Paid grown men cry about Damian Lillard to the Heat. When we come back, he's Theodore CWPT News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 1063.
From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. There are grown men at a respectable organization, Content Machine, The Ringer, that can't stop openly weeping about Damian Lillard to the heat. But first, uh, I've, I've been having some knee pain that's been uh, having me close to weeping. It is so annoying. It's not, it's not that it, it, it hurts so bad. It's that it's just nagging, and it's affecting workouts, and it sucks. And so I got three, count them, three straight treatments lined up at Quelliv. Right off of Flagler, downtown West Palm Beach. Quelliv is, I mean, it's a, it's a masterpiece of modern therapeutic technology. We're talking lasers at Quelliv. One, I love it because it's you know, not, not pricey. Two, I love the fact that the treatment each session is the amount of time it takes me to go on a lunch break. And three, oh yeah, the lasers actually work. Whether it's achy joints, achy muscles, you're a weekend warrior like me, or I mean, there are plenty of pro athletes that swear by Quelliv and the laser therapy. It's right there for you at Quelliv. So I've got my three treatments lined up to, to get this knee taken care of already because it's really annoying. What about anti-aging? That's important down here, especially with the sun and the damage the sun does to people's skin. Let the power of lasers enhance your skin's natural ability to heal. That's all it is. These lasers, they're just jump-starting what your body naturally does. Anti-aging, laser therapy with Quelliv. Scalp rejuvenation right there with Quelliv. There are so many ways in which Quelliv can help you laser therapy. It is a marvel. I swear by it. You will too. Again, price points for everybody and sessions that last the amount of time it takes you to go on your lunch break. That's Quelliv. Q-U-E-L-L-I-V. Q-U-E-L-L-I-V. The West Palm location right off of Flagler, downtown West Palm Beach. Q-U-E-L-L-I-V. That's Quelliv.com. Bill Simmons, Ryan Rossillo, the Bill Simmons podcast. All they've been doing the last two days is sniffling and weeping and wiping tears from their proverbial audio eyes because they are still upset that Damian Lillard has requested the Heat and only the Heat. And Theo, you still have the hypothetical, well, what about this team? What about this team? Maybe they have a chance. Maybe it's Brooklyn. Maybe it's the Clippers. Guys, and we heard yesterday, we heard him yesterday. Stop it. Stop it. He's going to Miami. That's it. That's the only team he's interested in. He's not going to wake up tomorrow and say, well, maybe the Celtics. Well, maybe the Nets. It's not going to happen. The only team we know that's given Portland an offer for Damian Lillard is, well, the Heat. But uh, they tried to, Ryan Rosillo, Bill Simmons, address this head on. The Miami Heat perception, Miami Heat fan perception of how they have been discussing Damian Lillard to the Heat. It's been very, very um, sad. Mm. It's been very sad. It's been very desperate. It's been hope podcasting is what we call it because it's not actual analysis. It's just hoping that Damian Lillard, through some act of God, doesn't go to the Heat. Listen to this weeping nonsense from Bill Simmons and Ryan Rosillo on The Ringer. The Miami side is the only... The Miami fans are the only ones that think their offer is a good offer. And then they're dude. Now that it's the whole, well, they owe it to Dame. You know, he was there. Well, let me ask the Miami fans: 
did you owe to Dwayne Wade when you lowballed him and he went to the Bulls? What about that? When he won the three titles for you and that? you were haggling over five million bucks, it's like, well, we had to let him go. We got to think about the future. Stop of the it right there. Stop it Dwayne right there. Gets what about that? Well, what about that, Bill? Because I seem to remember when the Heat lowballed Dwayne Wade and he went off to Chicago, Heat fans were, how do I put it, pissed off. Mm. And it's not like the Heat fans did that. No, the Heat fans didn't do that. Pat Riley. Yeah, right. And they were upset with Pat Riley. Yeah. They were angry with Pat Riley. And Pat Riley, years down the road, acknowledged, yeah, that was a mistake. Yeah. That wasn't good. Want to know why? Because that's what good front offices do. I mean, Heat fans largely slammed Pat Riley for that. What about that? That's what about that, Bill. Also, how did that end again? Because I do recall Dwayne Wade coming back to Miami. He did. He, having he, a little quick playoff stint. Uh-huh. And, and then vintage Wade. And then going out in his final season yeah. like an absolute legend like he is. Uh, and then, but th- there's, there's more stone. It gets shoved to the Bulls. How is that any different? Shoved. Well, I mean, I'd ask Miami fans if Jimmy Butler got a four-year extension and then decided, you know what, I actually want to go play in L.A. Would you go, well, hey, he got us to the NBA Finals. Yeah, thanks. Why would he do that? Hold on. Stop it right there. Ryan Rosillo then throwing out a hypothetical that will absolutely never happen. There's no way it happens. Why would Jimmy Butler request a trade to the Lakers when all the heat have done with Jimmy Butler is go to the Eastern Conference Finals and NBA Finals? Right. Uh, why, why, Why? That hypothetical is so dumb. Yeah. It's so desperate. It's so pointless. It's a waste of time because it's not going to happen. Cry away. Like, if you're going to give a, 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 a hypothetical to try and counter Heat fans, at least do something that makes sense. The, yeah. the Damian Lillard situation in Portland and Jimmy Butler and his hypothetical trade from the Heat, they're on different spectrums, different poles of the, the planet. No, still cry. Still cry, Ryan. Keep crying, Ryan. I know you got more tears in you. Why would, why would he do that? I mean, he obviously tried to make the smart ass like, oh, yeah, this is uh, what if Jimmy oh. tried to leave you? The difference but why is, would, why would he do that? You the, win. The Heat have done right by Jimmy. Right. The all Heat the time. have built a contender around Jimmy. Jimmy is happy in South Florida. Right. Dame has been upset for two, three years about the team they've been able to put around him. Yeah. And he's been to one Western Conference Finals and they got swept. Here, Ryan, here's a tissue. Here's a tissue, Ryan. Bill. Weeping babies. Speaking of immature children. The general manager of the Portland Trailblazers. We discuss him when we come back. He's Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.